0: You're listening to the sermon podcast for the Gate Church in Lethbridge, Alberta. For more information, to contact us, or to support this ministry, please visit thegate.org. Hello and good morning. My name is Blair. I'm one of the pastors here at the Gate Church. And I wanted to agree with what Pastor Greg started off this morning by saying that um, the past week has been particularly challenging. I mean, let's be honest, the past few months have been particularly challenging. Uh, But the past week or so in specific, as we've been reminded of race-based violence that brothers and sisters in the USA, in Canada, and around the world are experiencing. Um, A very real oppression that people face based on the color of their skin. I've been grieved by the death of George Floyd, and yet aware of the fact that that incident is only one part of the very big, ugly, ancient picture of racism. As Will Smith posted on his Instagram, uh, racism is not getting worse, it's getting filmed. And I believe this to be true. And so to these things, we lament and we seek God. Leading towards this morning, I was preparing, praying, and, and really just asking the Lord, what I could possibly say to speak to each of our particular moments where we find ourselves today. And thankfully, as a friend reminded me, this message really is not intended to come from me to you, but it's meant to be from our Heavenly Father to the Church. So I'm grateful for God's Word. I'm grateful for Connor for starting us off this morning and reading our passage from Ephesians chapter 6. And in spite of, or possibly because of, the state of protest and unrest and the call for justice in the media, I'm thankful for what God has prepared for this time together this morning, as brief as it will be. This message is not a specific or a thorough address to the problems that we see in the news. However, I am trusting God that he will speak to us the truth, that will humble us towards a fuller revelation of his kingdom on earth, starting in our own hearts. So I want to invite you to open your heart along with me to the work of God's Holy Spirit. So we have been working through the list of the Apostle Paul's armor of God for a few weeks now. The armor is a set of characteristics that are found in the person of Jesus, which we who follow the way of Jesus are supposed to be symbolically clothed by. And the reason we need this armor, Paul teaches, is because there is a battle. It's not a battle between us and other people, but it's against the spiritual evil which manifests itself in all that is wrong in God's good creation. So the battle against spiritual forces and the armor we take up is just, I feel, a very timely reminder for what we see, uh, the weight of injustices all around us. And so I thank God for his word again and for our ability to find his will for us in these trying times. Now, so far, what we've learned about is the belt of truth, which holds everything all together, and the breastplate of righteousness that protects our vulnerabilities. And this morning, I'm blessed to move forward and dwell on Ephesians 6, verse 15, which says that Christians have shoes for our feet which are the readiness of the gospel of peace. As springtime is turning to summer and the weather is getting nicer outside, I find myself occasionally um, heading outside into the yard or maybe into the garage uh, without any shoes on. And I do this often. I don't know why. I think it's a habit of laziness. Maybe I'm going out the back door and I left my shoes at the front door, whatever it is. But almost every time I leave the house in socks or bare feet, I end up regretting not putting on my shoes before I go outside. I step on some tiny thing that is improportionately painful or I get back to the house and my feet are all dusty and dirty and I have to wipe them off before I walk back inside, or whatever it is. Things rarely go well when I leave the house without my shoes. Now, the value of a good pair of shoes is something that we can all agree on. Our feet are soft. Shoes are important. They're especially important if we have to go places or if we're going to do anything, if we have to work hard or or be on our feet or get things done. Shoes are incredibly important to the degree that we probably take them for granted. In today's verse, we hear Paul use shoes or boots or sandals, depending on which translation you're reading from, as a symbol What do they symbolize? This footwear is important to us because it symbolizes a kind of preparedness regarding the gospel of peace that we've been given through Jesus Christ. Paul knows that the battle which we face is a journey. It's a long fight, and for it, we must be able to move forward with endurance. Shoes are an important part of the spiritual armor, as all parts of the spiritual armor are. So as we speak of shoes and the readiness of the gospel of peace, you may be reminded of a prophecy of salvation from the Old Testament book of Isaiah. Isaiah 53 says this, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes Peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, Your God reigns. The voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice, and together they sing for joy. For eye to eye they see the return of the Lord of Zion. Break forth together into singing, your waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people he has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. The messenger of Isaiah tells God's people the beautiful news. He says that their God reigns and that he's going to comfort his people and that he sends salvation, not just to Jerusalem, but that all the earth will see. These things are the good news of joy that Christians are commissioned to walk in today. God reigns. He's comforted us. He has saved us from our sin by coming to die on our behalf on the cross. Now we call this, the good news, a gospel of peace because where we were oppressed by sin, a holy God welcomed us as his sons and daughters, no longer estranged or outcast, but at home, at peace, in his presence. Paul explains this piece for us a little earlier in his letter to the Ephesians. In chapter 2, he says this, But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down his flesh, the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in the place of two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came And he preached peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. So, whether we have been far from God or near, it's Jesus who makes peace between you and God, and between you and I. And I should mention that the context to which Paul teaches about this gospel of peace is one that is charged with historic racism and inequality and divisions between Jewish people and Gentile people. And Paul says the gospel transcends, uniforms these people formerly living in hostility and division. It's a gospel of peace. So we are instructed to put on the shoes before going into battle, because Satan's plan of attack is to break this blessing of peace in any way that he can. So though Jesus has already paid the price of sin, the work of Satan for the time being is to cause whatever enmity he can between you and God He wants to work to create hostility between you and another person created in the image of God. We feel the awful effects of this evil, don't we? So we have to recognize that it is a battle that we're in, not against flesh and blood, but against a spiritual enemy. Scripture tells us this, that the presence of evil in the world is Satan's work, and so we fight against it with the gospel of peace. So, my question today, as is the same question we should ask with any of the part of God's armor, is this Are we leaving the house without our shoes on? Are we running barefoot into battlegrounds? As you and I set on our journey to follow Jesus through life, are we prepared for this walk of peace? as Christ's ambassadors to a very hurting world, do we think first of this message of peace, which saved us and will save those that God is calling us to love? Are we wearing these gospel shoes of peace? Now, the shoes of the gospel are metaphorical or symbolic, as is the whole armor, But the use of our putting them on is not metaphorical. God's armor is an important and practical defense against Satan's plans for evil in creation. So we have to use God's armor, and then we will, as Paul says, stand firm against the evil day. On the other hand, without good shoes on our feet, We're going to avoid any kind of uncomfortable situation to protect ourselves. In bare feet, we're going to run away from the battle in fear instead of standing firm for justice. Now, as we talk about our topic this morning, we're aware of a paradox where in the same breath, Paul is talking about battle as he is of peace. To this, I would say that we, like Jesus, are called to engage in the spiritual battle for the sake of peace. We fight for peace. You see, Jesus' ministry centered around justice and mercy for people who were oppressed by all kinds of evil. Jesus was the perfect image of the commandment from Micah 6, 8, which says, mankind God has told each of you what is good and what it is that he requires of you to act justly, to love faithfulness, and to walk humbly with your God. Our Savior Jesus embodies these commands perfectly. So in order for you and I to bring his peace, we must be willing to follow his lead to fight back the evil that oppresses people, not run away from it. Ian Duguid says that our task is simply to proclaim the good news of God's peace to broken and oppressed souls wherever and whenever we encounter them. The evil of racism is front and center in the news, as we've been saying, and hopefully front and center in our minds and in our hearts. I believe that Christians are being given an opportunity now to follow Jesus by seeking real ways to fight back against this evil that is poisoning our cities. Racism is a real problem that we must stop turning a blind eye or a blind heart towards or pretending doesn't exist or that somehow we are above. More than that, The fight against racism is a concrete and necessary version of what we've been called to by dressing in the shoes of the readiness of the gospel of peace. We need the shoes of the gospel of peace if we're going to be messengers of peace in Jesus' name. In the wake of recent events, I have been humbled to listen and to begin learning some of the ways that I must repent and turn to God in order to have a greater peace and love which he intends to grow in me. I can't begin to speak to the depths of the issue of inequality and racism and things like that uh, I would, though, be happy to pass on a few resources that have helped me see God's spirit around the topics of things like race and privilege and so on. So please uh, let me know if you're interested, and I would love to send out some links for you to listen to and to read along with. But my prayer is that Christians, especially white Christians, are being humbled Now, to listen to the voices that are not the same as your own, and to let the Holy Spirit do the good and difficult work of renovating our hearts and minds towards righteousness. This is where it has to start anyways, isn't it? This is where the battle begins. First, we must deal with the sin that is stopping us from loving our own neighbor as ourself. Hebrews 12 refers to this as such. It says, therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter, Our faith. So, as we're reminded to put the shoes of peace on our feet, let us first be reminded of the gospel truth that I am a sinner saved by grace, I'm easily ensnared by sin, and because of this, I have to set my eyes on Jesus. I have to let his spirit change me from within in order to bring peace to those around me. And by receiving the essential gospel truth, then we will be quick and able to minister the same peace that we've known from God to the people around us. As we've said, the gospel makes peace between us and God and enables us to have peace between us ourselves, and one another. And while the enemy seems so successful in turning people against each other, the good news of peace shows us that God's love has overcome these barriers, these deep-seated sins, and God has freed us towards a true self-giving love like that of our Savior Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, this morning I sense a mixture of emotions and things and there's much to sort out. Lord, we know, first of all, that your will is for us to have peace with you and peace with one another, that we would love our neighbor as ourselves. So I thank you for giving us the shoes that prepare us to bring peace in your name. I pray that each of us would be reminded of the gospel in our own hearts in order that our own sin would be undone and we would be liberated towards a true love that you give us. I ask your spirit, God, to teach us to be more loving to our neighbor, whoever they may be. Father, forgive us for our prejudices. Forgive us for our hatred, Lord. Forgive us for our silence and inaction when we should fight for the peace against injustices and evil. God, would you give us ears to hear your voice leading us towards justice for our brothers and sisters, especially those oppressed and those who cannot speak for themselves? God, as as the apostle Paul prayed in his letter, would you make us bold to speak the gospel of peace to our neighbors who need you in their lives to save and restore Father, we want your will to be done. We want your kingdom to come in our hearts, our homes, in our city, and in the world. Thank you for your mercy. May we be instruments of that peace that we receive by your spirit. God, we submit to you. And in Jesus' name we pray now and always. Amen.